It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, joined by the one and only Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes today. How are you, brother? Your voice is so good. I thought it was a recording of you You at first. I was like, am I live here talking to you? I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I am, but you just sound so good and fluid. I was like, oh. I must be listening to a national radio show because that's how good Zach Blackerby's oh, voice is. Oh, stop goes. it. Stop it. No, you're <laughs> the one with the conference show. You're the one that the people really want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm excited, man. I like uh, reading everything with all the, uh, you know, we, we've been talking a lot of March Madness and obviously Alabama and Arkansas into the Sweet 16, but um, man, I like. You can't out. lead with that, Gordy. What are you well, doing? No, I'm not leading with. I, I was trying to get to. I'm excited about spring football because, <laughs> man, with all the teams out on the field, and I think Florida actually wrapped already. But like everybody else, reading all the reports, I'm like, man, forget forget basketball. Let's get into some football. Spring football talk. Well, yeah, that's what Auburn people are saying. Yeah, and then then folks like you, Gordy, coming in. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn. Hey, Alabama's in the Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> They win everything. All right, Zach. They do. Is that what you want me to say? Gosh. I hope I was just winning at every sport. It's terrible. It's terrible, but that's fine. We'll get over it. We'll get over it. Gordy, I realized this after, you know, Auburn had their open practice on Saturday. It's been all the talk all week, obviously. And I I made a mistake and I promised myself that I wouldn't do this. But hearing Harson talk, and then we got to hear Derek Mason and Mike Bobo. Hearing all these guys talk, I'm like, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I know this is going to be like a three-year-out kind of thing. It's going to take Harson time to get his guys ready and all that. But no, I'm having a hard time. I'm in. I'm bought into you know instant impact, instant success that Brian Harson is going to have. How off base am I? Twelve and zero. Is that is that what we're thinking? Uh, let's Schedule go fifteen. Orders. Let's do the whole thing. um yeah I mean there's nothing wrong with that right I mean you know there were a lot of people who were lukewarm on the on the hire of Brian Harson, didn't know what to think one way or the other I've I've said time and time again I'm a fan of the hires that he made at the coordinator spots you get two proven guys like that and I thought it was interesting this week where you know we heard Derek Mason talking and he revealed that he was on his way to the NFL. You know, he said, I, you know, look, seven years there, it, you know, with Vandy, I'm ready to to get away from the college game for a while and get back, you know, go to the NFL and just get away. And he said it was his relationship with Brian Harson. They shared the same vision. They shared a lot of the same things. And he convinced him, no, man, come over here. This is the spot. And that that's encouraging. Like that made me go. Yeah. Derek Mason saw something here with Auburn that made this the right spot other than you know, paycheck. But I, I think he believes in what in what Auburn has and the vision that Brian Harson has. And, you know, look, is it going to lead to a championship in a couple of years? We'll see. But you, you got to at least get excited about that with uh, Derek Mason saying that. All right. You're Mr. SEC. So if you had to rank the trio of Harson, Bobo and Mason versus any other trio that's head coach OCDC, where where do they rank in the SEC? Are they top five? Are they are they you know towards the bottom? 
What, what, what do you think? And I know the, the correct answer and the thoughtful answer is, Zach, it's too early to tell, but I'm, you're, you're not allowed to say that, Gordy. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great question, right? I mean, when I look around the SEC right now, uh, Alabama, can we even keep up with who their coordinators are? Those change every year, obviously. I'm, I'm sure they're former NFL people, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't matter. It's Saban at the top, and you could just say that's the best staff no matter who the hell is working for him. But, you know, I'm not putting Florida up there because I'm not, you know, obviously I'm out on Todd Grantham. I think a lot of people are. Um, Kentucky hired, you know, Liam Cohen to, to run the, the, be the new OC. We'll see what happens there. The only one I would say that I really like, and it's weird because they didn't have a good year last year was, was Arkansas, but the Kendall Bryles, Barry Odom tree underneath Sam Pittman, I'm a big fan of, I think it'll work, but yeah, I mean, just in terms of name recognition, obviously LSU made some changes with a new defensive quarter and new OC. Those guys are unproven, you know, I, you know, maybe you can make a case for A&M, but I'd, yeah, I'd say Auburn's right up there in the top echelon in terms of, you know, top OC and DC underneath, a you know, an unproven head coach. How do you think this is going to play this season? Do you think, I mean, obviously we talked about the approach of going into last season was very different because of, you know, the pandemic and there was no spring practice and all that. But you've got a lot of dudes. There's a lot of people throughout the SEC, I guess two classes worth now where this is their first spring practice. And you mentioned, you know, different teams are at different points of, you know, the the spring process. But for Auburn, um, I guess they're uh, about a week and a half into it now. Do you think that matters? Do you think there's any benefit to having experience of going through springs before? How is that going to impact other teams throughout the conference? I mean, kind of a weird question, but everything's so wonky now with eligibility and, not getting to do things last year. Do you think that matters? Yeah, I thought Bo Nix, his quote a couple days back, I saw he said that this has been a really different spring for him because he's actually getting to spend a lot of time with the coaches. You know, we we neglect to, to think about that a lot, but think about how often these coaches are out on recruiting trips and going and visiting kids. And, I mean, they're out on the road for days at a time, and they're away from the team. Right now, you know, they still aren't allowed to – to visit recruits. I know that, you know, that's going to change come this summer, but you know, Bo Nix pointed out, yeah, I've had time to spend with Mike Bobo and Brian Harson. I've been able to spend a lot more time talking to X's and O's. And, and so, yeah, that very well may have a a good effect on, on some of these guys, especially the returning starters, um, you know, that get just getting to spend more time with their new coaches and things like that. So I think, I think it helps. Um, You know, I'll be interested to see the, the, the dynamic between Harson and Bobo and, you know, how cohesively do they work? I, I use LSU as an example because, you know, Steve Ensminger was the offensive coordinator a couple of years ago and they bring in Joe Brady, this young, new, up-and-coming guy from the NFL. And a lot of people question, can that work? Steve Ensminger's old school and very set in his ways and Joe Brady's bringing in the new school philosophy. And look at how it worked. Now, they had a elite talent and Joe Burrow to, to, to go put it out there. But right. That's what I'm just, you know, behind the scenes kind of thinking, how is that going to work, the dynamic of Bobo and Harson, You know, because we've gone through this before with Chad Morris and Gus and who's really calling the plays and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, I'll be interested to see how that dynamic works. And then, of course, what effect does it have on the quarterbacks? You know, I think I, I keep going back and forth on Bo Nix, whether I'm going to buy into him this season or not. And, you know, there's still some people saying it's, you know, it's still going to be a battle and he's still got to go prove himself and earn that starting job. But yeah, uh, I mean, just moving on from, from the Gus bus, 
you know, we don't know what to expect with, with Harson. We've seen what, you know, what Bobo could do in the SEC at times and some good, some bad. But, you know, how many wrinkles is he bringing in? How much is Harson controlling what's being run? Locked on Auburn is brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew, a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain that extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength to your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. Their tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than going to a pharmacy. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay that $5 shipping fee. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now we're trying to figure out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup on BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built. Cookies and cream versus coconut almond. I know people like coconut, excuse me, uh, but cookies and cream is the way to go here. So uh, get some of your own at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned Gus there a few times. Can you believe that he had an open practice at UCF? Like, are you kidding me? We begged that man for access for almost like a decade, and we didn't get anything more than like 15 minutes of being able to watch this team stretch. And then like his, he's there for five minutes, and he's like, yeah, we can have an open practice. Like, Gus, are you kidding me? That's how things were at LSU. Like Les Miles would keep everything close to the media and like everything close to the vest. And then we'd see him on game day and the offense would score 10 points and put up 200 yards of offense. Everybody's going, what the hell were you hiding, Les? Like there was nothing secret that your offense stinks. Like what were you hiding? And then when Ogeron took over, they like opened up. They're like, hey, media invited in every day and all this. And it was like, what is this? We're not used to this. So yeah, yeah that's, that's a little bit surprising. But guys change, right? I mean, Gus, Gus is like, I know that stupid media reporter asked him that question about the pressure at UCF, but like (laughs) he's got to be be so excited. They want him there. They love him there. Nobody's questioning his decisions yet, but that could change. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of Auburn folks are really just like letting Gus have it. You're seeing more and more former wide receivers come out and say stuff. Anthony Schwartz said on this show, he was like, yeah, we'd run passing patterns in practice that made sense, and then he'd never call them in a game, so he's having meetings with NFL front offices, and he's having to like defend himself, and it's like, look, Darius Slayton's doing it. I can do it, and it's just it's the weirdest thing, guys, because we'd have this set up in practice, and we'd never run it. Seth Williams is saying similar things now, and I think as the public sees more and more of Harson and like I like Gus, but man, it's just it's totally different now. And you're seeing like the way Harson addresses questions and the way he talks to his players and things like that. And it's like man, and I, I'm gonna put myself in this boat, but like a lot of Auburn people are kind of looking around like 
oh, we really haven't had a head Auburn football coach in a long time. It's just been a dude that's kind of been able to facilitate some cool things that happened every three or four seasons. I think three years from now, I think we're going to look in the NFL and maybe not all three, but maybe at least two of the Anthony Schwartz, Eli Stove, Seth Williams trio. I think at least two of those guys are going to be big time players in the NFL and Auburn fans are going to be looking back and going and kicking themselves going, what the hell are we doing? Like yeah. what could have been if we, you know, we had some kind of competence of offense and, and play calling and all that you know, several years back at Auburn. I, I think we're going to look back on that. And, and may, may even be, you know, Tank Bigsby years from now is a stud running back in the NFL. We're looking back on, God, man, what what could have been had we had the right coaches in place? But, you know, here's hoping that the, the current coaching staff gets it done right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think these young receivers, these inexperienced receivers that they have, I think – uh, I think the sky's the limit for guys like Kobe Hudson, Devion Capers, if he can get healthy. Elijah Canyon showed what he can do in the bowl game. Kind of curious to see what Harson does with the transfer portal after spring practices are over throughout the country, and maybe they get some of these you know smaller school guys to come up and play. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like. So you made a few comments about Bo Nix, and it seems like you've backed off a little bit. Last time you were on the show, you were pretty hard on the guy. Um, and rightfully so. I don't think he's done anything to you know say you know, you should absolutely believe in him. Um, but I'm starting to get more optimistic about it just based on you know hearing from Harson and Bobo because for the first time in a while, from the offensive standpoint, it seems like there is an offensive plan that is forming at Auburn, and I think that's huge for Bo Nix. Yeah, I, I a lot of my criticism of Bo Nix was just based off of you know, comparing his freshman year to a sophomore year, right? I mean, I, yeah. I expected him to take a big leap this past year, and we just didn't see that. It, you know, there were some good moments. There were moments where he looked like good bow from freshman year, but we just didn't see that that meteoric rise. You know, the interception total jumped, you know, one more. The touchdown total came down in terms of passing uh, touchdowns. The rushing touchdown total was, was similar, obviously. But I had heard from some friends in the Houston area of Demetrius Davis, the dual threat quarterback right. in North Shore High there, that he was the real deal. And I had friends telling me this kid is going to come in and compete for the starting job. And I think what we've seen at least early on through the spring is that they're, the coaching staff, unless Demetrius Davis just jumps out over the next couple weeks and you go, oh, my God, we got to play this guy. Like, I think they're sold on Bo Nix is going to be our guy this year. We, you know, he he has had different coordinators. He's had different systems. We're going to settle him into our system and we're going to run what works for him. And we're going to put him in a, in positions to have success. So I am coming back around a little bit on Bo. I'm not ready to say he's going to have a monster year and be a Heisman contender or mm -hmm. anything like that. But I, the more I read and hear, it sounds like Harson and staff are sold on Bo Nix and willing to commit to him and, and roll with him and make it work this year. Yeah, D. Davis right now, he's like um, he's probably like the fourth string guy, which surprises me a little bit, but they sent in a a walk on quarterback before they sent him in on Saturday, which yeah. is wild. Yeah, no, it, it is. And look, I mean, it, you, when you look at that quarterback spot just in recent years, it's been I mean, let's face it, like Auburn has had it, when I think Auburn and, and when they're very successful outside of the Cam Newton year, obviously, it's always who was the running like it's always the dominant run game the mm -hmm. dominant run game is what sets up or is what set up the pass and you know throughout the years for Auburn to be successful and so 
you know, I, I heard, um, you know, Harson talking to Raven about Bigsby and, and Sean Shivers the other day. And that'll be an interesting one, too. I mean, we expect Bigsby to take that step up and be the breakout guy next year. But, you know, a few things I keep reading, it's like, man, are they, they going to go 50-50 with him and Shivers next year? Nothing against him. I, th- I think he can be pretty good, too. But um, that'll be interesting to see how the run game breaks out. But, yeah, just looking at the, uh, you know, the quarterback spot again, I, I think it's Love him or hate him, I think it's Bo Nix, and that's it moving forward. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football is over, but basketball, boy, we are in the thick of it, obviously, with March Madness and the NBA. Bet Online covers all sports, uh, including uh, even things outside of sports with award shows, TV shows, reality TV. You have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. So, Head over to betonline.ag right now and see all the stuff that they have to offer for you, including a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. We're calling D. Davis Thick Marshall, which I think is hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably a good call. Him next to uh, the, the the tight uh, JJ, the tight end. I, yeah. I think those, those are just two monster guys. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned going fifty fifty with with Tank and Shivers, and that may be the goal. But Gordy, I don't really trust either of those guys to stay healthy at this point. And I, I think Tank's situation was a bit of a fluke. But both of these guys missed playing time last year due to injury. And Auburn doesn't have a whole lot of running backs in their stable of guys. I mean, they've got they've got you know the the, the true freshman Jarquez Hunter, and I, I don't know how ready he's going to be. And then they move Devin Barrett from the defensive side of the ball to offense, and like that's that's it. That's the list. And Devin Barrett, I I just don't think we really know what he can be. I loved him as a true freshman, and then Gus put him in, and the only thing they would run him with is they have him run a swing pass and they throw it to him. And by the, you know, the fourth time they did that, the defense realized like, Oh, the only thing that Gus is going to do with them is run a swing pass with them. But you can't go into the sec season with four running backs, right? You've got it. You've have to add some dudes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what it feels like. And I was actually surprised. I, I thought, I thought they'd be pretty active in the transfer portal, maybe just with, you know, hearing a couple of guys jump ship and, you know, follow Gus over mm-hmm. to, to UCF and all that. I, th- I thought they might hit up the transfer portal and have some kind of, you know, like uh, Florida got, uh, you know, a couple of big additions that are running back through the portal. So I just thought maybe they might go that route. But let me let me spin this question on you real quick. Okay. Just based on what we saw last year, what are you more concerned about? Are you more concerned about the offense or the defense going into this year for Auburn? Oh, the offense. I, I think defensively you've got the talent and the experience coming back where it's fine. I mean, Auburn, from a personnel standpoint, they've got, and Derek Mason talked about it earlier in the week, 
Auburn's got like six corners that you can put on pretty much any receiver in the SEC. And obviously, Roger McCreary is going to take the best guy. But you've got Nehemiah Pritchett and Marco Domeo and and Sean Miller from West Virginia and uh, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett. I mean, they've got all kinds of dudes back there. And then you love the upside of some of these younger guys like Tennyson playing safety and Smoke Monday coming back, and then the linebackers are absolutely loaded with Papo and Zacoby and Chandler Wooten coming back. So I like all of that. Obviously, it's going to take some time from a scheme standpoint to get these guys ready and to buy in what Derek Mason is doing. For me, it's the offense largely due to, you know, I trust Harson and Bobo's scheme. I trust Tank Bigsby. I think Bo Nix is fine, whatever. I don't think Bo Nix underperforming last year was all on Bo Nix. The offensive line, there's a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered there. A ton of them. And there's no way to know the answer until you start hearing reports once fall camp starts. And it's like, okay, this appears to be the starting five that they're going with. Because their best offensive lineman right now, Brandon Council, He's he's not participating right now, and so you can't really build dudes around him because he's got a sling on his right shoulder. So what about Broham, my favorite name in sports? Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Brodarius Ham. It, it doesn't get much better than that. But right tackle, I think he's a guard, Gordy. And yeah. Malzahn, you know, hasn't been able to recruit any tackles, so you have to move either defensive tackles to you know play your tackle, or you scoot guards out. And so that's what they did with. With Ham, I'm curious to see how Will Friend, offensive line coach at Auburn, I'm curious to see how he handles all of this and what Bobo and Harson say as well. But the starting offensive line that we saw on Saturday was the same offensive line that you saw after Council went down with an injury last year, which makes sense. That's where they're starting with where they left off, and they're going to move guys around from there. But They've got some highly touted JUCO guys that were behind them and at the tackle position, and I'm, I'm just surprised we haven't seen a whole lot of those guys yet. Wait, they, let me ask you this. Did I see that Bo Nix took a snap under center over the weekend? Was that right? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of it. I think you're going to see a lot of that, and uh, it's kind of amazing other than that, you know, that, that sugar huddle that Gus Malzahn loves so dearly that never really worked. I think that's kind of um, – I think you're going to see a good bit of that. And Harson said they're going to do more of it early on in spring just so they can get used to it and uh, kind of just uh, really kind of get the muscle memory of con- you know connecting under center and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of odd. It's kind of odd, and, you know, I think Bo Nix is going to get used to that. Um, you know, that's an easy thing to get used to, I-, I think, maybe. But the footwork, and that's kind of the thing that he's really struggled with is footwork. I mean, that's, uh, that's a lot more technical when you're under center. So it's just more for Bo Nix to have to learn, but this is all stuff – that is totally, you know, achievable by him. He's got the athleticism to do this. I think he's got the, you know, the, you know, all of what it takes between the years to get all this done. It just hasn't been put in front of him in a way where he can just bring it all together. And I think Harson and Bobo, I mean, look, these are these are quarterback guys. I think this could be a great year for Bo Nix as far as him taking a big step forward. I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback in the SEC by any means, but can he be a top-half quarterback? I think so. And with the, the talent that they have at receiver, and the, I, I think the defense that Auburn's going to be able to have next year, I think a top-half quarterback performance by Bo Nix, it may can get Auburn to 9 or 10 wins when it's all said and done. And maybe, yeah, he, I, maybe I'm shooting a little high there, but that's just kind of what I think right now. 
Here's what I'd like to see from Bo Nix, and you tell me if this is if this is too high of expectations. Okay. I want to see him complete over 60% of passes. He's been under that his first two years in the SEC. Right. I want to see close to 3,000 passing yards. Just that, that's that's where we are in the SEC nowadays. I don't think that's a big ask. And I want to see the touchdown total over 20 passing. I think if he throws over 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and 60% completion percentage, 10-2 and two next year for Auburn. Yeah, uh, I think one of those three things will happen. I don't think he throws for 3,000 yards, and I don't think he hits 30 touchdowns. But I do think the most likely of those three, and in fact I would bet on this happening, is over 60% completion percentage. Because I think Harson and Bobo are going to make it to where the offense flows a little bit more smooth than it did in the past because, once again, I think they're going to be able to craft game plans and get guys open and, and you know, make things easier for their players. I don't know. Auburn has made offense look very difficult at times over the last right. few seasons, and I think it's just going to make more sense this well, let year. Let me say this, too, with my, my lofty expectations. Okay. You play Akron, you play Alabama State, you play Georgia State. He should have three touchdowns in all of those games. So that's where my barometer of success is. Just the fact you get the cupcakes back this year. It's so funny. Well, that like, gets you a third I, of the way there. This, looking at comparing stats from last year to this year, like it's so easy to get wrapped up in the low numbers from last year, and then you forget, oh, yeah, we played 10 SEC games and nothing else. So right. I, you, the pats, the stat patterns are back this year. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Gordy, um, thank you so much for your time. And where can people find uh, everything that you're doing? Easiest way is LockedOnSEC.com, and we'll be uh, delving a lot more. Once this once this silly basketball tournament gets out of the way, <laughs> we'll be delving uh, way more into uh, spring football, obviously the NFL draft, all eyes on. I just keep calling the first round of the NFL draft the SEC round. Because yeah, just, really. Like, I think within five years, it's just going to be like 20 – 25 of the 32 guys will be from the SEC in the first in the first round every year. So I love it. Uh, we'll be breaking that down, getting you ready for the draft, and keep an eye on where all the SEC guys will be going and uh, looking ahead to. Man, it's we can literally 365 days a year talk SEC football, looking ahead to next season. I love it, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, bro. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. We follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, right here on Locked On Auburn. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.